take your Bibles, go to the book of 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13. I want to read a story to you. It's, uh, we're going to read several verses, but I want you to pay close attention to this story. And uh, it's an interesting story, and really this is a very sad story. Um, with kind of a little background on this, there's a prophet, it's about a young prophet that comes along, and the Bible doesn't tell us his name, but this young prophet, he goes to Jeroboam to uh, give him a prophecy, and uh, Jeroboam was a wicked king. He was completely going against God. God had uh, God wanted to use him. Jeroboam started out good, but he went bad. He went and made two golden calves. Why somebody from Israel, why a king of Israel would make a golden calf after what God had done to them before, I have no idea. But he went and made two of them. And God sends this prophet there. And we're going to read some of the story. It says in 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 8, And the man of God said unto the king, if thou wilt give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. After he goes and gives this prophecy, he goes to the king and he gives him the prophecy and the king gets mad and he points his hand out to him. Basically, I think telling the guards, you know, seize him. They were going to throw him in prison. When he did, his arm got stuck and he couldn't move it. And God did it to him. And so, you know, he... Prayed for the prophet. He was like, told the prophet, you know, please, you know, fix my arm, and uh, and he did. And so the king appreciated him after that, wanted him to stay. But God had given this man a prophet. He said, "I don't want you to eat or drink anything." He says, "When you travel there, I want you to go in there. I want you to give him the prophecy. Don't stop. Don't talk to anybody. Don't eat anything on the way. Don't even drink anything. You go there, give him the prophecy, and then get out of there." Don't and God was very clear on that. And the king wanted him to eat, and he said, "You give me half your kingdom, I'm not going to do it." This guy had a command from the Lord: don't eat or drink anything. And it said, and so he, the king, let him go. In verse nine, for so it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, "Eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way which thou camest." The same way he went in, he wanted him to leave that same way. So so he went another way. Uh, or the, uh, by the same way which thou camest. So, so he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Notice how this man, God said, come the same way. It'd be like if he came to Rock Falls. And maybe he came from the south. He said, I want you to take Route 40 north till you get to Rock Falls. When you leave, I want you to take Route 40 south. The same way you came, I want you to leave that same way. But I don't know. Maybe he thought, you know what? That path was a little, it was kind of boring. I'd like to see some scenery. I'm going to go home another way. When he's talking to the king, he's saying, I've got to obey what God said. I'm not going to eat or drink anything. But he goes home a different way. And then in verse 11, it says, Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel, the words which he had spoken unto the king. Then they told also to their father. And their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass. And he rode thereon and went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. I mean, here we have an older prophet. 
And he hears about this younger prophet. And of course, these two guys being prophets, he's thinking, I'd like to meet this guy. I'd like to have dinner with him. I'm going to go find this guy and I'm going to bring him to my house. So you need it's understandable that he would want to do that. And then in verse 16, he said, I may not return with thee nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way which thou camest. And he said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. His prophet tells him, an angel told me to tell you that it's okay. Well, boy, that's hard to argue with. He said, I'm a prophet like you are. I was told by an angel. And it's okay. Come with me to eat. But the Bible says, but he lied unto him. Now remember, when people lie to you, they usually don't tell you they're lying to you. Do they? It's usually... Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, they don't say, hey, I'm going to tell you a lie. But no, they don't tell you that. But he, this guy did. He lied to him. And then it says, uh, in verse 19, so he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. All of a sudden, this prophet that lies to him God uses this prophet to prophesy something to the young prophet. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back, and hast eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water, Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulchre of thy fathers. And it came to pass, after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk, that he saddled for him the ass to wit for the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him, and his carcass was cast in the way, and the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass. Now notice this picture. A lion comes and attacks this man. That's not that unusual. A lion attacking somebody. But notice, when this man's laying there dead, the lion didn't eat him. He just killed him. And the lion sits there next to the dead body and next to the donkey. Okay, You don't see that in nature very much. A lion and a donkey sit next to each other. Usually when a lion kills something, after he kills it, he eats it. But he's just sitting there. And then it says in verse 25, And behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way and the lion standing by the carcass. And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. People knew, hey, there's something weird here. And they told that prophet about it. When the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who is disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the lion, which hath torn him and slain him according to the word of the Lord, which he spake unto him. Very sad story here. Here we have a young guy. He gets a command from God. He got the Word of God. God spoke. Back in that time, they didn't have the Bible like we do. And God many times spoke to prophets. These guys would get the Word of the Lord from God. 
What God told them to do, they would do. What God told them to prophesy, they would prophesy. These guys didn't have crystal balls that they looked into where they knew the future. God told them what to say. They would repeat what God said and it would come to pass. Not because they were this magnificent prophet, but just because if you say what God says, you're going to be right. Every time. If you say what the Bible says, you're going to be right. Every time. It's not because you're this great prophet. It's because the Word of God is always right. The Word of God is what we are always supposed to follow. And this man had the Word of God, but a prophet comes to him. A prophet tells him that he got a message from an angel. Well, angels are good. Angels give good messages. They give, they speak truth. Prophets tell the truth. Prophets are good. But I'm here today to tell you that what is more important than anything is what the Word of God says. Because the truth is, there are false prophets out there today. There are people that will stand behind a pulpit in a church and will lie. And there are... I'm sad to say that's the case. And so how do we know who to listen to? How do we know who not to listen to? Joseph Smith. Anybody know who Joseph Smith is? Joseph Smith started uh, the Mormon religion, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mormons, they are King James, they're King James only people. They use only the King James Bible and the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon that Joseph Smith got from supposedly an angel. And I'm not going to go to that passage of Scripture, but we know the Bible says that even if an angel gives us another Gospel, we are not supposed to listen. And I'm here to tell you, we are not to... If anything goes contrary to the Scriptures, we're not supposed to listen. And I'm talking tonight about following the instructions. God gave this man clear instructions that he was supposed to follow and he didn't do it. He listened to somebody else and if we're not careful, that same thing can happen to us. And we've got, we've got to be so careful not to do that. And the way that we can know what's truth and what's not truth is simply we've got to make sure that we remember the Scriptures. You've got to get to know this Bible for yourself. It is absolutely necessary. Listen, you need, you need to not just read it. You need to meditate on it. Psalms 1-2 says, In His law doth He meditate day and night. And He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth His fruit in His season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever He doeth shall prosper. We've got to meditate. You know, that's one thing that in our society today, we don't do. We don't meditate. We don't, people cannot just sit and think about something. One of the, I mean, people these days, we are so consumed with media and things. I mean, you know, with, with people's phones today. Have you ever known somebody that every time you see them, all they're doing is this? Just, I mean, they're there, they're around all kinds of people. There's people everywhere. And, you know, they could be having a conversation, they could be talking to people. They're, there's people, I've been in church before. And seeing people sitting in church playing around with their phone. I mean, it's ridiculous. They, they don't get anything from the message. They're thinking about something they just read. 
They're checking and seeing what somebody just said on Facebook all the time, all day long. And, it's, and people, they cannot meditate on anything. You could go, I mean, you could go and preach a message and go to them afterwards. And, you know, what did you think about that message, huh? Huh? What? Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. You know, did you think about it? Did you meditate on it? Listen, hey, I, I'm guilty of it myself sometimes. I mean, I, I, I've been in church before, sitting there listening to service, and then afterwards, some you know, my wife maybe she'll be in the nursery. What did your dad preach about? Hmm, that's a good one. That was just 20 minutes ago, but <laughs> I, I, I got to think about it. You know, the problem is sometimes our minds go somewhere else, and when we read the Bible, I'm listen. It's important to read your Bible. Hope you do it all the time. But you know, you got to make sure you're actually paying attention to what you're reading. Maybe this is only on me, but there's been times I've read the Bible. I've read several chapters, maybe five, seven, six, seven chapters. And if you ask me after that, what did you just read about? No, I'm in Isaiah right now. <laughs> you know, you don't remember. Your your mind just kind of goes elsewhere. We and it is so important when it comes to the Word of God that we learn to meditate, think about it, ponder it. Talk about it. Talking about it is huge. Sometimes, just uh, you know, with anything, not just the Bible, but when you actually start talking about a situation, things start making sense. Have you ever been maybe struggling with a decision? Maybe you weren't sure what to do, and then you go talk to somebody about it to try to get advice. And it's like when you're talking to them, the answer kind of comes to you. They haven't even told you anything yet. I've counseled people before. And they're like, you know, wanting my advice on something, and they start just talking to me and just talking, and I don't even get a chance to say anything, and they kind of figure out what they're supposed to do before I've even said anything. And then before I know it, they're thanking me for the advice and thanking me, and it's like, I didn't even tell you anything. But you know what? They talked about it. And it helped, and we need to, we need to talk about the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7 says, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. We need to talk about it. It's huge. Talk to your kids about these things. We need to we need to learn you know to to be you know to use some critical thinking, and just have discussions about these things. Have discussions about the Word of God. People love to sit around and talk about politics. People love to sit around and talk about sports. I mean, they'll, they'll, people will talk for hours about you know what the Cubs need to do to win a World Series. And you know, you can talk about that till you're blue in the face, and it's not going to get you anywhere. I don't think they're ever going to win a World Series. And let me tell you, people have done a lot of talking about that in the last hundred and four years, and it hasn't done a thing. But you know what? Talking about the Word of God really could help you. It could change your life. And we need to talk about it. We need to make a habit out of obeying them. James chapter 1 talks about being doers of the Word and not hearers only. We need to learn to do what the Bible says. Who cares if you can quote the Scriptures if you don't do the Scriptures? We've got all kinds of people that, you know, they'll, you know, preachers even, they'll get up and they'll say, you know, I believe the Bible's the final authority on do the Word of God. And they can quote more Bible than any of us, but they're not obeying it. Who cares? If you, how much Bible you know if you're not obeying it? Who cares if you've got the right Bible if you're not obeying it? It's not going to do you a bit of good. We've got to follow 
the instructions that are in the Bible or this book isn't going to do you a bit of good. You can have, I don't care how many, you can go and fill your bookshelf with Bibles. You could read those Bibles every day, but if you don't do what they say to do, it's not going to do you a bit of good. You're going to end up just like this prophet. I tell you, it breaks my heart when I see people who've grown up in church, young people, they've grown up in church, they've grown up in good families, they, they know the Bible. I mean, they know Scriptures very well, but they didn't obey them. And their lives are a wreck. Knowing the, and knowing the Scriptures is one thing, but you've got to remember them and follow them. I've talked to people before, you know, and I know you're not supposed to judge, but you, know, you look at them, and you can tell this person's lived a pretty wicked life. I mean, it's all over their face. They're miserable. I mean, they... Uh, so, they so you can just see they've lived a very hard life. You'll see in there, they might be sitting there smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer, doing whatever. Maybe filthy language. I've, taught, I've known people like that. You start talking to them about the Scriptures, and they know a lot. And you get to talk, and it turns out, they, yeah, I used to do the church thing. I went to church, but you know what? The, I, they know all the Scriptures, but they can't. They didn't obey it. And it didn't do them a bit of good. My dad tells a story when he, was out in, when he lived out in Washington State. He was there one time and there's this drunk guy, just nasty drunk. And he comes up to dad and saw that he was out, you know, witnessing and passing out tracks and things. And he went up to my dad, he's like, he's like, I know every scripture verse you know, and more. And turned out, you know, the guy was telling the truth. The guy used to be a pastor of a church. And so I, I can't remember the whole story, but something ended up happening to him and he gave up and got away from God and ended up living as a drunk. I mean, it was this guy knew the Bible, but he wasn't doing it. And it didn't do him a bit of good. This young man that we just read about, this young prophet, he knew the Word of God. He told the king the instructions God gave him. He told the prophet the instructions God gave him. He quoted the Word of God to them. But he didn't do it, and it didn't do him a bit of good. It destroyed him, and we need to remember. It's important that we remember the scripture word for word. That we do exactly as God says. It's not enough just doing part of it. You may remember. Uh, so remember Eve in the Garden of Eden. God told them not to eat of that fruit. Else they surely die. Satan comes along and says, "Yea, that God said." He said, "Ye shall not surely die." Satan really, when you stop and think about it. He said the exact same thing God said. Just added one word. He just added one word. But that one word He added was pretty important. It was not. It made that whole sentence opposite of what God said. And look what happened as a result of that. Eve kind of had added to the Word of God. She said, neither shall you touch it. God didn't say that. Where would you get that from? Sometimes as Christians, we say things and we quote things that aren't even in the Bible. That's not going to do you a whole lot of good when you're going against the devil. You know, we'll say things like, you know, we quote the verse, cleanliness is next to godliness. I haven't found that in the Bible yet. You know, thou, one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not lie. I haven't found that one yet. You know, there's all these scriptures that get quoted, God, Lord helps them who help themselves. I haven't found that one yet either. That's not in there. People think it's scripture. People think that it's there. We need to, uh, listen, we've got to do exactly what God says. Little details are important. That's why 
we don't believe in using these other versions that have made changes in the Bible. That have tried changing things. Well, they're just little changes. Listen, when I, when I taught in the school back at Lighthouse, I remember math. It was always fun. Uh, you know, teaching kids math. It would get pretty frustrating sometimes. And I remember we would have kids, they'd be doing their math problems, and I would score, I'd be you know, maybe grading their test, and they would fail maybe by one answer. And one of those answers, all they did wrong the answer was they put the decimal in the wrong place. It was a big answer, you know. You know, maybe they was four hundred four hundred and thirty four point zero two and they put four thousand thirty four point two or something like that. I probably said that wrong. Just got the decimal off by one spot. You're gonna you're gonna mark that wrong just because the decimal's in the wrong spot. It's just a decimal. Who cares? It's not that important. And I used to tell them, say, listen, okay, you don't think the decimal is that important? You don't think just giving you know, one spot off is important? So you know what? What if someday you get a job at a bank? And you're supposed to maybe give somebody some change. And you're, maybe you're supposed to give them $500. But you accidentally give them $5,000. You're only off by one decimal place. But guess what? Not only are you going to lose your job, they're going to try to find a way to throw you into jail because you were just off by one decimal place. I heard uh, David Gibbs, he's, a, he's an attorney for Christian Law Association, he was preaching one time and he, they had rented a motorhome. And they never used a motorhome before. And they went and they, one of the things you have to do when you use a motorhome is every once in a while you have to empty the holding tank. And it came time for them to do that. And you all probably know what the holding tank is. I'd rather not describe it in detail. But he said that they got to the place you were supposed to do it. And he looked on the thing, was following the instructions. And it said the amount of air pressure you're supposed to use. And the thing, I've never done one when they hook up. And he said, he looked and it said 102. So he went and set the thing to 102 pounds of pressure. He didn't notice there was a little dot there in between the zero and the two. It was supposed to be 10 point. Well, he did 102, which resulted in that holding tank exploding and making a huge mess that was very disgusting. He was only off by one decimal point, that one period. That's not important. Listen, the Bible says, Jesus said that not one jot or tittle will pass and will all be fulfilled. I mean, God, every dot of the I, every cross of the T is important to God. That's how important this Word of God is. When the, uh, back in the Old Testament times, the scribes were responsible for preserving the Word of God and keeping the Scriptures intact. When they would copy the Scriptures, when they would be writing those, they had to write out by hand and they didn't have the computers and printing presses and things like we do today. And they'd be writing it by hand. If they would make one mistake, they would take that page and throw it away and start it all over again. Because they knew how important it was to make sure that they kept these Scriptures perfect. And God used that. And we, are, we have the perfect Word of God and we're supposed to follow it completely. Do exactly what God says. And anyone who does says anything contrary to the Bible... We've got to get this in our head. Anyone who says anything contrary is lying. Now, I know that sounds harsh, 
But let me tell you, it's the truth. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to go around calling people liars. But in our minds, we have got to get that in our heads that this is truth. Any, I, no matter how much you like the person that's telling you something contrary, God say, I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to do what the Word of God says. This young man, I mean, imagine how awkward this is. Here he is, a young prophet. And here this old prophet comes along. I can't call him a liar. This guy wouldn't lie to me. I can't go and tell this man that you know I should be I, I should be able to honor and respect that I'm sorry I can't listen to you. I need to listen to the word of the Lord. That's kind of awkward. But you know what? He should have. It cost him his life. And let me tell you, there's people today in churches all over that every week when they get up and preach, they're saying. You know, the Bible should have been translated this. The Word of God should say that. Or they'll just flat out say, well, that doesn't apply today. That was just for way back then. Constantly going against the Word of God. And listen, it's uncomfortable. It's not something we want to do. But we've got to learn to say, you know what? That's, that's a lie. I'm not going to listen to that. I have to, I'm going to listen to what God says. We've got, there's preachers out there. That'll say thing, y'all. You know, hey, I had I had a vision from the Lord. I had I had an angel tell me this, and you go, and it's against what the Bible says. But it was an angel that told me this. But I don't care. Listen, I don't care if Santa Claus slides down your chimney and gives you a message and says, you know, I don't care who tells you anything. The Bible is what's important. And people these days are always wanting to go by experiences, or they'll go off who said something. Well, it was you know the Pope said. I don't care. I don't care if the Pope what the Pope says. If it's contrary to the Word of God, you're not supposed to listen. The Bible is the very definition of truth. Thy word is truth. It says in the Bible. And when we listen to anybody who says anything different. We can try to blame them all we want. Listen, I mean, I, it breaks my heart when I think about, I mean, folks every week. I mean, you see some of these older folks, I mean, good people, and every week they're going to church and they're, they go into them Catholic churches and they take that communion and they'll do those confessions and all that stuff. Good people, sincere people. But the Word of God is so clear that that does not save you. That your works cannot get you to heaven. And you see that and it breaks my heart because these people are being lied to. And as angry as I want to get sometimes at the church leaders that are leading these people astray. And listen, I believe there's a special place in hell for people who are preaching false Gospels. I believe there is. The thing we've got to remember is all responsibility falls on us. Because God has given us His Word. He's given us the Scriptures. God gave this young prophet the Word of God. He told him what to do. God has given us this King James Bible that we can look at and that we can read and that we can trust. And it's up to us to do that. The Bible talks about the Bereans. 
That they received the preaching. They listened to the preaching. But they went and they searched the Scriptures to see if it was so. We've got to learn to not just take what people say. Uh, you know, Just assume that it's truth. We need to check up on it. You all ought to do it to me. I want you to do it to me. Listen, there's there's been good preachers that I've known that have built some large works and have seen, I mean, built big churches. And these guys, some of them, I mean, they've been so successful in getting people in and getting people to enjoy what they say that it's like they forgot that, you know what, what, I'm, what I say is supposed to line up with the Scriptures. And they've gone off into some weird things and weird teachings just because people loved hearing them talk so much. Like, I've got to keep this entertaining. I've got to keep this interesting. And they, they, go, and they, they get led astray. And what those people should have been doing is when they started, when the guys started getting a little bit goofy, just be, but you know, just to be interesting, say, Pastor, what, is, you know, what does the Bible say? You know, what about this passage of scripture? And kept him accountable to it. Listen, if I start getting away from the Bible, if I start teaching things that don't line up with scripture, call me out on it. I'm not saying stand up in church and make a scene or anything like that, but come talk to me afterwards and say, you know what, Pastor? Uh, this doesn't seem to line up with this Scripture here. And you know what? Maybe you might be wrong in your thinking, but maybe I am too. And you know what? I ought to be able to talk to you about it. I ought to be able to... Uh, you know, maybe I need to go and check up. Sometimes uh, I might just get things wrong. Maybe I'm, you know, Sometimes preachers, we just repeat what we hear another preacher say. And so, well, that was a good preacher. It must be truth. Right, you got to be careful about that. I know I try to be careful not to just repeat what I hear from other guys, not to just steal. Listen, I've I've stole one or two messages in my day. I usually don't advertise it when I do, but I have. And sometimes there's been times I have, and I wouldn't preach something later. I'm reading the scripture. I'm like, oh, that wasn't exactly right. I kind of messed that up a little bit. We've got to realize this. We are responsible. If we listen to a false prophet, it's our fault. We're supposed to be in the Scriptures ourselves. We're supposed to be reading them. We're supposed to be meditating on them. We're supposed to be talking about them. We're supposed to be doing all these things. We're supposed to be doing what the Scriptures say. Another thing that I think is sad in many churches, sincere, good people in there, and their problem is there's a lot of things that they're not doing. There's a lot of things in the church that are not being taught. And the people in the church, they're doing what they're taught, but there's so much that they're not being taught. Listen, that still falls on the individual. They're supposed to be checking the Scriptures themselves. Listen, I'm not gonna. it's going to take me a long, long time to preach everything that's in this book. I'll probably never get it completely done. There's too many things we have to repeat all the time because it takes us a long time to sometimes get some things. It's going to take a long time. We're always supposed to be studying, and when we don't, it's our fault. In this story, we see we see a young man whose intentions were good, who loved God, but he listened. He he compromised. He listened to somebody that told him something contrary to the word of the Lord, and it cost him his life. God was not pleased with that. God made it very clear that this was the judgment of God on him. God is not going to let let people get away with going against 
His Word. And I believe today, more than ever, we are accountable. We, especially in America, it is so easy to get a Bible. I mean, we've got them all over you. We have Bibles here. We'll give you if you don't have a Bible. There's Bibles everywhere. I mean, you. It, the. I mean, I just. I just downloaded a thing on my phone where I can listen to the entire Bible. I can go to any passage. I can listen to audio. I can listen into my car or whatever. I, I think that's amazing. That's a great way to help you memorize Scripture and learn it to hear it. I mean, so I, I do a lot of driving, and you know, just listening to that Scripture is getting in your head. We have no excuse today. Absolutely none. And we've got to be careful because there are many false prophets. Jesus said it was going to happen. He said, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. A false prophet, they're not going to come in wearing a t-shirt that says false prophet. They're going to come in looking like a preacher. They're going to come in carrying a Bible. They're going to look the part. They're going to talk the part. I mean, they're they're going to be they're going to be slick. They're going to be convincing. And people, it's like I just we I I just I'm not even going to go to church. I just don't know who to trust. You know, you just can't trust anybody. You can trust the Word of God. And if you'll get in it and if you'll learn it, you'll be able to tell. You'll be able to hear. You'll you'll be able to spot those false prophets. My my. Uh, She's my great aunt. We always called her grandma. She was like her, her and uh, my great uncle. They were like grandparents to us. My dad lived with them for a while. Uh, he was a pastor and evangelist for years. A great man of God, and he died and went to heaven. When I went to Israel, she was there. Uh, uh, she was there that year too. And I remember, you know, my grandma Graham. She knew the Bible. She knew the Bible very well. Very spiritual lady. I mean, she's a prayer warrior. Just, just an amazing, amazing woman. And she does. She loves that book. And I remember we were and we were in Jordan in Mount Nebo, and that's the mountain where Moses went, and God let Moses look into the Promised Land. And there, they've got a spot there that they believe is the spot where Moses stood and looked and saw the Promised Land. You can see forever up there. It's a it's a beautiful beautiful spot. And we're up there, and we're at, they have this chapel built up there, and in that chapel they have a little tomb that they found with a skeleton that dates back to about the time of Moses and the age of the skeleton they can you know from all the studies things they've done he was about 120 years old which Moses was 120 years old when he died and they're saying they believe that that's the body of Moses in there and my grandma Graham she's sitting there she starts getting mad she's like that's not that's not Moses in there that's not him and she's like starts speaking up and I'm thinking and she's getting mad. She's like, that's, that's not Moses in there. You know why? And she's getting mad. You know why? Because she knew what the Bible said. The Bible said that God went and God buried Moses. And God buried him somewhere where nobody knew where he was and where uh, you know, nobody, nobody was going to find him. And she knew that Scripture. She knew that if God hid Moses so people wouldn't find him, that nobody's going to find him. You know, God's smarter than we are. And God did, uh, God did that. And she, she was getting mad. It wasn't a big thing, but it was against what the Bible was saying, and it made her mad. And she knew what the Bible said, and that's the way we ought to be. Boy, when we hear something that goes against the word of God, not only should we be able to prove it scripturally that it's wrong, but it ought to bother us. It ought to, it ought to bother us when people 
preach false doctrine. It ought to upset us because this Word of God, it's important. And we're talking about the souls of men and women, boys and girls. And they're being led astray all the time. People are well-meaning, but they're being lied to. And while it is wrong for people to lie, while false prophets are bad, we have no excuse because God's given us the instructions right here. I've done many projects before where they came with instructions and I didn't really feel like following them. And you know what? It usually turns out bad. And I can tell you, any time we go against this instruction book, it's going to get us in trouble. We need to follow the instructions. So that let's all stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.